0: Welcome to Let's Talk About Books, baby, where we talk with your favorite LGBTQ authors. I'm Anita Kelly, and my guest today is Bud Gundy. Hi, Bud.
1: Hey, Anita. Thanks for having me.
0: Hey, thanks for being here, Bud. I really appreciate it. It's good to talk to you. You too. So, um, so Bud, you have been around the block for a while, I think, um, <laughs> <laughs> around this writing world um and your most recent novel was called uh inherit the lightning right that came out last summer and it's really receiving great reviews um can you tell us about that
1: yeah thank you very much i mean i did get some really good reviews on it it's a um it's a uh family saga it spans about 120 years of this one family and it's about the relationship between the great-grandfather and his great grandson, who never meet, they're uh, they're separated in time by death. The great the great grandfather dies, and the great grandson is born many years later. But um, while uh, uh, it, while investigating a claim on the the family fortune, this long rumored family fortune, nobody knew where it was. Well, suddenly it's become available to them because um, uh, uh, Darcy's that's the great-grandson, his grandmother dies. And they find out that she had this this fortune was uh, held in a trust for her. And so now it suddenly becomes available, but then swooping in, somebody from New York City says, oh, wait, that's my money. And it's an immense amount of money. And it's gonna change the lives of Darcy and his sisters. So Darcy gets a little uh, irritated by the fact that this stranger is asking, uh, is saying that he has, it's actually his money, and so he sets out to investigate it and uh, who this is and who their claim is. Mm-hmm. And um, along the way, he learns the story of his great-grandfather, who was just this very mysterious figure, you know, just some, some, a guy whose picture was on the mantle. And um, so he starts investigating and he uncovers the true story of his great-grandfather. And it's, uh, it's a fascinating story. It was a fascinating story for me to write. It was a fascinating story for Darcy to learn. And it's, um, yeah, it was, uh, you know, it's it's kind of a, a sort of a story I've always wanted to write. I, to be quite honest, it's more of a literary uh, story. There is the mystery um, element to it, but it's, okay. it's more about the change of Coop, the great-grandfather, his trajectory through life from 1880 until he dies in around the mid-1950s.
0: Wow, that's awesome. That sounds great. Yeah. I haven't read it, but I am looking forward to reading it good good so would you you would classify that then in like a a mystery genre
1: yeah it definitely has a mystery element to it um but it's it's to to be quite honest it's more about the character arc of of coop and um and how his great grandson who they're spoiler alert they're both gay the great great the great grandfather and then the great grandson and um his discovery of his grandfather, great grandfather's life is um, is it's really changing, life changing for for Darcy. And he um, he uh, it's it turns out that it you know there's this great fortune, of course, but he learns something much more valuable, and it's uh, about life and, and perseverance and, and never giving up on your dreams. So
0: wow, that sounds great. That's yeah, amazing. thanks. Yeah. So, um, were there any difficult scenes? Uh, to write?
1: Yes, there, yeah. there were several, yeah um, So at one point Coop gets married Because it was sort of forced on him At, at the time that um, he, um, he was flourishing As he was a businessman A very, very successful one And, um, a you know, he Yes, and, and so the relationship between Coop and Elena, his wife was very difficult to deal with because I had a lot of sympathy for Elena, you know, who married this man without, of course, realizing that he was gay. And Coop was fully aware of his feelings, and um, it, it was really tough to handle that character because, as I said, I, I was very sympathetic to, towards her because, you know, Coop was using her as, as a, you know, as to hide behind mm-hmm. and so it took me a long time and i had um quite a few friends read it uh and about their relationship and give me some really good advice about how to handle it because i didn't want coop coop was kind of forced into this but that doesn't exonerate him from what he did to elena and um so those were very difficult (laughs) scenes to write and um yeah i i would say that that was the hardest part I, i mean there was a lot of other difficult stuff to write coop finds coal on this land in Ohio, and that makes him vastly wealthy at the time. And, um, you know, reading about the the history of coal, how coal was formed, the Industrial Revolution, all of that was really interesting, and I had to kind of hammer that into the story, but that was fun to write. I mean, it was difficult, but it was fun. But the scenes with Elena, I would say, were not necessarily fun. (laughs) They were just really hard. Oh, yeah. And the other yeah. thing that I find difficult, um, I, I'm always so impressed by people who can write a story with, uh, I think, I, oddly enough, I think women handle this better than men, but with a lot of family members. Mm-hmm. I, I'm from a very large family. I'm the youngest of 10 kids. Woo. And so, I, you know, there's so much interesting stuff to write about in family dynamics, but to get those characters so that you know who they are. You know, yeah. from chapter yeah. to chapter, you're not losing track of them. It's really difficult. Yeah. And um, so I I paired back uh, Darcy's Family quite a bit because I just couldn't, I couldn't manage it. I don't know how writers do it, but it, it's always amazing to me when they do. And I, I always admire them. In fact, I just read a book. Um, if I can, I read mostly on Kindle now. And so, of course, I,
0: can't find you your kindle. The of
1: the <laughs> what's that
0: oh i i just said you can't find your kindle but it's the title i know i always have to look back and figure out what i'm re- what the name of the book is i'm reading on a kindle yes. i don't know why yes. that is
1: well it's because you know when you used to read books you know you would put it down so you would see that cover you'd see that author's name all the time yeah, and so you just kind of grained itself but i just uh, read hello beautiful by ann napolitano it's sort of, I guess, I've never read the original Little Women, but it, I guess it's sort of an, a modern take on that. And then, like, the other, of course, is Jane Austen, Pride and Prejudice. Um, it just amazes me when writers can uh, manage to to make that many characters manageable. It's just, I, I just don't know how they do it. So
0: Yeah, and, you know, to, to build all those characters at one time and have them interact and, right. and. and in such a way that the reader remembers them you know
1: yeah it's I, it's it's an amazing accomplishment and um i'm always just so <laughs> so envious of people who can do that well yeah, so
0: yeah i'm reading um a james mcbride book right now and um there are a lot of characters in in this book because it's all about uh life in the projects and and in oh this church that is right near the projects and tons of people and at first I was like wait who is that but he does a great job of just weaving their lives together and and I know who's who and you know what's what with them so yeah that that
1: is such a skill I am so I admire it and I envy it yeah (laughs) it
0: is it's great that's great so um you know uh one of the things you said you're you're the youngest of of 10 and Mm -hmm. um one of the things that it seemed like in um, the books that I, uh, of yours that I was looking at were there some common themes, um, and there was Family, uh, Family Secrets, and Ohio. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, tell us about like, the meaning of those to you.
1: Well, I, I love being, a, a, I didn't like it when I was a kid, but I love <laughs> now being the youngest of 10. Fortunately, we're all still around. And most of us get along pretty well, you know, and it's, uh, and people have very interesting lives. My, my siblings and their spouses and children and grandchildren and great grandchildren now, but, um, it, to me, those dynamics are so interesting and they're, I think they speak to all of us, whether we have, whether you're a single child or not, I mean, or even if you just have a few siblings, it's, um, it's. It's the way people interact with each other. It's the way you know each other so well. You have such a history with people that, you know, you don't have to finish a sentence, you know, you, every, and everyone understands what you're talking about. Yeah. And yeah. I love those dynamics. I think they're really super important. And I'm from Ohio. I grew up on uh, the west side of Cleveland, a, a little suburb of Cleveland called North Olmsted. And um, so, you know, it to me, it's a, um, there's a lot of interesting things about uh, a place like Cleveland. I haven't lived there in a very long time, but um, I, I still think there is uh, Meredith Dench, who's a, a, yeah. a, a, you know, Meredith. Yeah. So she, she writes a lot about Ohio and she um, interviewed me once and she said it's because there's so many, you can go, you know, drive 30 minutes and you, you go from the center of the city and then you're, you know, behind the Amish and their buggies, you know, and, and she's right. You know, there's such a diversity of, um, of, uh, of uh, communities in Ohio. And so I, I, and I tried to do that in this book too, inherit the lightning because Coop was born, uh, in Southern Ohio and about around Columbus, just South of Columbus. And then he moves to the, the Hills where the, the coal country in Ohio. And I spent a summer there in the coal country in those Hills. And, Oh my gosh it's an interesting place and i i mean i i can't even remember the name of where it was to be quite honest with you but um it was it was so interesting and i think about that community a lot and the people who live there i think about them a lot so um yeah i i just i think ohio is just like a I, and I know it. I know Ohio. I know when I'm writing about, um, you know, the weather. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> if I'm being accurate and the, the trees and the foliage and the fauna and, you know. Yeah. So it's um, it's it's a, a, an interesting place to write about. And, you know, th- I think people are the same everywhere. But um, you do get this, this quirky little, you know, um, uh, cultural signifiers in places like that that I think are fun so
0: yeah yeah and um you know uh, the cleveland area has changed so much in the last 20 years or so
1: oh man yeah it's nothing like when i grew up there i mean i my both of my parents are gone now and so when my mom uh, passed away in 2018 i i really stopped going back there although i still have family and friends there but then you know the pandemic and all of that so i haven't been back in a while but when i was growing up it was a very industrial Place. I mean, factories belching out you know, yeah. <laughs> that black smoke 24 hours, and um, it's not like that at all anymore. No. And um,
0: you're not going to believe this, but I was just there last week.
1: Were you in Cleveland? <laughs> yeah, awesome. Yeah, okay. I have friends
0: who moved to Pepper Pike.
1: Um, pepper pike oh pepper pike is that was a very fancy kind of uh, place at least when i was growing up i thought of it as very fancy
0: yeah yeah it still is yeah it is okay good yeah uh but we were uh we went to shaker heights
1: um, oh shaker yeah also another fancy place yeah Oh,
0: is it? there was a lot of fun stuff going on we went for ice cream one night uh and yeah, uh, a lot of fun stuff going on downtown. We went down to the flats. Oh, the uh, flats! Yeah, <laughs> which used to be like really bad, like you didn't want to go there, right? No, and no. now it's just like you know, so cool and hip and. Happy.
1: Yeah, is it okay? Because it it had started to become that when I moved be, um, in 1987 when I left Ohio. Okay. But um, before that, of course, as you said, it was just steel mills, yeah. basically, and shipping. Yeah. And so, because it was, you know, right on the lake there. But yeah, it was, uh, and then I heard it, all that like nightlife down there sort of died out. But I'm glad to hear it's coming
0: back. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I got Good. to tell you, I know uh, Meredith, uh, we have that uh, University of Dayton connection. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Which was really nice to to have yeah. yeah and yeah i, lo-
1: I love her stories yeah. so yeah <laughs> definitely
0: um yeah i love what she's doing
1: yeah me too yeah.
0: so that's great um and um you uh your first uh two novels were published uh through another publishing house but now your last three have been with uh bold strokes books right um, right I, and the
1: first two were uh, self-published
0: oh okay
1: um and actually, my ex-boyfriend published the first one, which was a uh, butterfly dream. And then um, and then I published my own uh, elf gift. And then I, you know, I went for a publisher because, as you know, everybody knows the challenges of self-publishing. And again, I, you know, kudos to people who can make it work. I just wasn't one of that. Okay. <laughs> it's a lot of work. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Even when you have a publisher, it's a lot of work, and um, but to do that all on your own, it's just immense. So, yeah. yeah. Oh,
0: good, good. Yeah. So do you have? So a-
1: I was I was thrilled when Bold Strokes uh, wanted to publish Somewhere Over Lorraine Road.
0: Oh,
1: cool. Um, yeah.
0: Now that's um, that would be like your third published novel.
1: Yes, that was the one um, that. Uh, It was nominated for a 2019 Lambda Literary Award, Gay Mystery, and uh, it's very, yeah, which was like one of the (laughs) highlights of my life, to be honest. I didn't think I was going to win that award, and um, about two weeks before, I thought, why am I going to New York to hear them call somebody else's name? But then I thought, you know, how many times am I going to get nominated for something like a Lammy? you know? So I went. I'm glad I went. But yeah, it was... uh, I, I was very, very, very happy when Bold Strokes decided to pick that up. So
0: oh, that's wonderful. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah, that's great. Um, so you're happy with Bold Strokes and happy working? Yeah, I him? mean,
1: I, 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 um, yes, I am. I love Bold Strokes books. I think they are a great publisher. They are, um, you know, very active and publish a lot of stuff that needs to be published that would not get published elsewise. So I think um, I have nothing but good things to say about them, but I'm going to say they they are not interested in the book that I'm working on now. So, uh, yes, so you can cut this out if you want. So so I don't know, like I may finish it and then submit it to them as just a regular submission and see what they say. But, they didn't want to just, um, uh, okay, it's because um, I just, like, as I said, you know, you have to, even if you have a publisher, you have a lot of, a lot of work you have to do on your own. And I'm pretty busy at work and I've had some health challenges. So um, I, there's just not a lot I can do. And so, Inherit the Lightning was a wonderful experience to write and to publish and to get those great reviews, but um, it didn't sell as well as it should have. So, huh. um, yeah, so you can cut that, you can leave it in, whatever.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll leave it in. That's you know, maybe people okay. will pick it up and you know, um,
1: <laughs> change their minds.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. So, um, how did you get into the world of writing?
1: Well, uh, that's a really uh, good question. I started um, reading when I was around like 10 or 11. And um, I, you know, I, I was like anyone else. I think most kids, like you didn't really want to read. But then when I started reading books and discovering the way they could just, um, you know, immerse, you could immerse yourself in these stories and you could travel anywhere, like back and forth in time you could go anywhere in the world all you had to do was pick up a book Mm -hmm. and then i was hooked and so i've always been a a very big reader and i always felt that i wanted to put something out in the world someday that uh, people would have that experience being able to pick it up and get involved in a story meet new people meet interesting people interesting circumstances and um so i always knew i wanted to have a book published but um and you know, self-publishing—I'm not no no denigration to self-publishing. It's a very important part of the world today. Mm-hmm. But um, having a publisher pick up a book of mine was a pretty thrilling experience oh, for me. Man. So, um, so yeah, that that's how I. It, but it took me a long time to get there. A lot. <laughs> <time. laughs> yeah. You know, I, I spent about. I had a. Um, Excuse oh, me. <laughs> uh, back in around ninety one, I finished a manuscript, and it was kind of this. Oh, <laughs> I'm so sorry, Uh-oh. <laughs> not uh, it passed on it, and but that gave me a very, very false view of how publishing works and how you, as a writer, have to just put in the legwork to get your stuff even noticed by a publisher, and. Um, so I spent a long time writing stuff that was unreadable and, you know, uh, nobody would want to read and I kind of knew that. And then I had a breakthrough in around 2016, 2017, um, because I would written a book, it it took me like two years to write this historical novel and my friend, I gave it to her to edit and I, I paid her a lot of money to edit that book Mm -hmm. and it needed it, but, she tore it to pieces oh. and rightfully so, because it was just, I d- hadn't put in the work. And um, so that, when when I got that edit back, it was such a such a blow because I thought I'll never get a book out this way. Yeah. I have to really put the work in. And I had already started working on Somewhere Over Lorraine Road, but doing the edits that she gave me in that book, it really taught me the mistakes I was making page by page by page. Nice. And so, um, so yeah. that was a, even though that was a big blow to my ego, it was, it ended up being the most positive thing possible that could have happened to me. Nice. So um, that's when I really knuckled down and started to put the work in mm-hmm. and started to, you know, make, make the books readable. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it's, yeah.
0: it's amazing that there are so many people um, submitting you know, so many manuscripts to, yeah. you know, all these publishing houses. Um, so they really can be super choosy, you know?
1: Oh, yeah. 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 And, and you know, I don't know what's going to happen with AI now. I'm going to still keep writing because, um, I, you know, it's, it's something I love to do. But I, I, I was actually in a lift a couple of weeks ago and some guy, and he said he, he was going to get back into IT because of AI and i said well you know what i don't like about ai is that everyone's out there writing these books with ai and he had just finished a book no using I, ai no way yes so i thought okay but you know so not only do you have the usual people the people who are committed to writing and putting in the work submitting to these publishers now but now i'm sure they're just getting buried under all of this this ai stuff or will soon be you know Isn't that-
0: cheating
1: i i think so you know but you know i i mean and i you know my my boyfriend uses ai for a lot of things for his business and he said well just try it just try to you write a scene here so just like put the parameters in like what you want and then so i okay i did it you know i said write a three paragraph scene about this and it was just so flat and dry and Um, so, but I could see how somebody would look at that and then think, well, either make the mistake of thinking they didn't have to do anything Mm -hmm. or, you know, try to embellish what AI, you know, churned out for them. And, um, but still, yeah, it seems like it's cheating to me, but
0: you know, I don't know. Yeah. It's like not even your own, it's like your own idea, but not like, it's almost like creating this, this really well done (laughs) outline. Um, right. That's not yours, yeah. Huh. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, anyway. Yeah. So but, are- uh, go ahead.
0: Oh, I was just going to ask, who are some of your favorite authors and, and some of your favorite books?
1: Well, I think I already mentioned Jane Austen, yep. Pride and Prejudice. Yep. There there are actually two books that I I turn back to, um, well, I guess now three. But um, whenever I just want to read something that I know I'm going to love and that's going to you know really make me feel good. And Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice is one of them. This is going to sound a little weird, uh, given that, uh, that description I just gave, but um, uh, In Cold Blood by Truman Capote is also one of my absolute favorites. I just, I think the writing in that book is amazing. And, um, and the Wolf Hall trilogy by Hilary Mantel lately has been, um, you know, one that I, in fact, I'm just finishing the third one again. Um, I just, I, I just cannot believe the level of writing. And frankly, I'm blown away by the the good writing that's out there today. I just think it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And so often it's like a woman or a person of color. And yeah. it's, it's just amazing to me that they, they were not able to get published because they <laughs> their work is so amazing yeah. and how yeah. many great writers we're just ignored over the years, you know. I'm really glad to see this moment happening, yeah. but um, you know, at the same time, I'm not sure who's going to want a book by a, a white gay guy. But whatever, I'm just going to keep writing.
0: Well, lots of people, <laughs> right? And, I hope and so. Yes. How many times have you read *In Cold Blood*?
1: <laughs> oh God, I, I don't even know. I, I at, at least twenty. Wow. For both of them, um, the Wolf Hall trilogies is is a uh, too recent to have hit those numbers, but I've read them probably. As I said, I'm finishing the final uh, one in the trilogy again. it's probably my third time through them. Yeah. So.
0: That's amazing. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. I do. Uh, I do the grapes of wrath like that too. Uh, the grapes I, of wrath. Okay. Yeah, yeah I've probably yeah. read that. I don't know how many times. I just love. Okay. It.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Sign back, sure.
0: So. Um, you know, in addition to being a fabulous writer, Bud, um, you have won two Emmy awards for your work in document, documentary filmmaking, um, and in radio. And, um, so I'm wondering which media platform you prefer to work in and, and really what, what makes it so appealing to you?
1: Well, um, that's a really great question. I think that, um, I have been in TV since like 1984 or 83 actually I got my first TV job and when you were um, 10. <laughs> no when I was like 19 <laughs> and um I um I, I so my my career has always been in TV and radio I, uh, with a little diversion towards uh, being a print reporter for a while but um, <clears throat> I've always. I've always loved the idea of being in TV and um, uh, helping people see the world t- telling people stories through uh, visuals, you know, because those are can be very important, obviously. Mm-hmm. And um, and so I love my job in, in radio and TV. Um, but I love I love words. I just love the world of words and literature. and. Mm-hmm and reading stories. That's just my brain. I just have wired my brain for years and years of reading constantly, to um, just consider that my I, I could do without a TV, I could, in fact, I, I work for public media, so I don't have to watch a lot of the TV I watch is what I watch at work. Okay. All right. So, um, but I could do without a TV at home, I hardly ever turn my TV on. Okay. And, um, you know, I, but I can't do without books. Mm-hmm. So for for the rest of my life, when I retire, um, it's going to be books yeah. for sure. Yeah.
0: That's cool. That's so great. And, yeah. and by public, you mean PBS? Is that? Uh, PBS I, and NPR. Okay. Correct. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I love uh, PBS, uh, uh, Finding Your Roots series.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! Finding your roots is great. I mean, I I grew up. Um, my mom and I used to watch PBS together. I don't think anyone else in our family was really interesting, but interested. But I remember, like back in the seventies, the Six Wives of Henry the Eighth. Oh yeah. And um, I just remember us. We were so excited for the Anne Boleyn episode. Oh, <laughs> and, cool. Know, And we we just, we would watch PBS together all the time.
0: Oh, that's such a great memory with your mom. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. She was a, she was a, she was a uh, very, very intelligent person. She was a, I mean, she had 10 kids, so she was, you know, um, a stay at home mom busy, busy as hell. Yeah. And, uh, made me neurotic about cleanliness, <laughs> but that's a good thing that she passed down to me but she was very very smart and um she was thrilled when uh bold strokes published somewhere over Lorraine Road so, Aww,
0: so she was, yeah she was alive at that time she
1: she got to see she she was alive uh when yeah when that first one was published so Aww. she was very very happy
0: oh that's so wonderful I'm glad yeah I'm glad for you yeah
1: thank you I am too
0: so um what what was your field of study in college then like how how did you break into this whole media world
1: well um what happened was i was working for this little cable station my first year of college and then i was very persistent i've always been pretty persistent but um and I got a job at the NBC affiliate in Cleveland. Okay. Actually at the time it was an O and O. So I was actually, I went to work for NBC news when I was like 20. Okay. Yeah. And um, so at that point I was gonna major in like mass communications or whatever, but mm-hmm. I figured I already had my, my career was already established, you know, or at least it was starting in the way that I wanted it to. I didn't need that degree to get a job in uh, in television news, mm-hmm. which. I mistakenly thought was going to be my future, um, yeah. was not for many many reasons. But um, so at that point, I just thought I'm going to study whatever I want. So I I was very interested in Middle East politics, like and I, so I majored in political science with an emphasis on Middle East politics, and then and uh, Soviet politics, and then
0: wow, that's heavy duty stuff. It was
1: heavy duty stuff. I really enjoyed it, though. I loved studying that stuff. And, um, but I had, uh, I was two classes away from having a double major in political science and English. And I just, I was done with college. At that point, I had, I had my degree, I had my job, you know, I was um, on my way. So I just, I I, I wish I'd gotten that extra degree in English, but I didn't. And it's okay.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's totally okay. It's working out for you. <laughs> yes,
1: <laughs> it didn't always. It was been spent years of struggle, but that's fine.
0: Yeah, yeah, you know, no, <laughs> no pain, no gain, right?
1: Exactly. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, um, but you said that you're you're currently working on a, a new novel. Um, mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about it?
1: Yeah, um, actually, I'm working on two.
0: Oh,
1: cool. <laughs> uh, the one is a. Um, it's a historical novel and I I told you that painful experience I had with that historical novel which I I finished that edit closed that and I haven't opened that file since Oh, okay. but uh, I I just can't bring myself to look at it but I'm working on another one it's set in the 11th century and it's mystery it's about monks and but it's it's about the family of this one monk and how he has to return home in these uh, very specific circumstances, because monks typically didn't leave the monastery, mm-hmm. and um, to help solve um, a mystery that happened just before he left to, be, to join the monastery, so that's that's coming along good. It's fun, but it's hard because um, you know I want to be as accurate as I can be, um, but at the same time it's a lot of work to study that stuff to, to, yeah. you know, look, at I mean, it's easier today than ever. Right. Because you can just, um, Bring Google up, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but spending all that time in the 11th century started to get really, really tiresome for me. Oh
0: my goodness. I'll bet. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I'm working on another contemporary mystery. Um, again, a, a sort of a family story. I'm trying with three siblings this time. I think I can handle that. <laughs> and, um, uh and a, a mystery about um well there there's there's a murder involved, but um it's more it's I don't want to say too much more about that, but Okay. All right. So yeah. I'm I'm working on two of them right now and I think it's they're both coming along really well. But um yeah, so we'll see where, where that takes me. I don't know.
0: Okay. Well they both sound great. Um Thank uh, you. Yeah. Some- <laughs> really, really, uh, interested in, in the monk story. That sounds wonderful.
1: It is. Yeah. It's, it's really, really interesting topic because, um, I think that, you know, I've, I've read a number of stories and seen a number of stories about the, the, the convents of that era, the Uh abbeys where the women lived and, and it makes so much sense that women would go to places like that to, um, not just to be around women but to be away from men right just to like to lesbians basically yeah Yeah. and so what i started thinking was like well what was going on at the monasteries you know Uh (laughs) and then i started i started you know reading up on them and and listening to podcasts and i don't do any primary research myself but i read people who do primary research and yeah it's pretty clear that um Gay life, it was not the priests back then. It was the monks. Okay. So
0: St. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, Francis was uh, a little light in the slippers. Or... <laughs>
1: Can I tell you this story? I, I don't know if I should tell the story. When, when I was doing this research, I read uh, about a monk or a, a man, a gay man who had been invited to a gay, let's just say a gay party
0: Okay.
1: at the main of the franciscan monastery in assisi okay so so you know the more things change (laughs) (laughs)
0: that's pretty wild (laughs) yeah it was pretty wild
1: it was a pretty wild story i'm like what Um, but yeah but it makes sense to me i don't think it's 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 true today because these were these were what we'd call cloistered today right Um, you know and men would enter them and you couldn't leave like you had to you, you were part of that community for the rest of your life yeah and so, um, yeah, the very individual dynamics. I'm that, so that's kind of what I'm exploring partly with that story, mm-hmm. but that's not enough for a full story. So I'm having my uh, brother Asi, come back to his uh, his family home and, and deal with some things there with his boyfriend.
0: Yeah, well, although his family doesn't
1: fun. know that that's his boyfriend.
0: <laughs> oh, that sounds great. All right, yeah,
1: that's fun.
0: <laughs> yes, it is definitely. Well, thank you so much for talking uh, with us. And I'm wondering um, if you have any parting words for our listeners today, bud.
1: Oh, you um, just, you know, like, if you are uh, out there, you're trying to write a book, um, try to avoid the uh, easy trap of going through AI and get your words out on your own. And really, um, you know, just make those stories your, your own personal stories, because that's what's going to when readers pick up a book, that's what they want. They want that personal connection to those characters that can only come through your words. And, um, I would just encourage everyone to just keep trying and keep pursuing your dreams. So,
0: yeah, that's great. Great advice. They want that, um, you know, emotional intelligence, right? Yes, right. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. Well, Bud, thank you so much for being on the show today. Um, that's all the time we have. Um, And uh, I'm Anita Kelly. And thanks for joining, Liz. Talk about books, baby. And until next time, may your journey be lighthearted. Peace be plenty and be safe, folks. And thanks again, Bud Gundy.
1: Thank you, Anita. I enjoyed it. Thanks.
0: Bye-bye.